Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. So we've been talking about the power of humility, and hopefully everyone has gotten something from this so far. Uh, this will most likely be our last time in this particular series uh, of teaching, the power of humility. And we said the reference scriptures for us are uh, Proverbs chapter 22 and 4. Uh, true humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and a long life. True humility and the fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and a long life. James chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7 says, And he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Why? So that we can get his grace. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. <clears throat> so these are two wonderful promises that show gain, <clears throat> excuse me, show that there's great gain in being humble. There's tremendous gain in being humble. Riches, honor, and long life, and also, um, and most importantly, the grace is given to us generously to the humble. So today we've talked about those who have humbled themselves, um, King Manasseh, King Ahab, and then other kings as well, and other people as well. And last week we talked about a man who I think none of us want to be like, that's Saul, who uh, was not humble, and it left, uh, led him, led him to his own demise. And we said of, of, of humility, uh, in Arabic it means to be contracted, it means to shrink, and we've used this kind of, this tissue here to kind of give an example of it, to be contracted, to shrink, to become small, to decrease, to diminish, to reduce, to dwindle, to decline, to shrivel, to wrinkle, and to fold. It means to become small. And that's what it is for us as, as we go to this position here is we seek to be small in our own eyes. When we seek to make ourselves small and even uh, lower ourselves, uh, there is tremendous benefit because actually when we do this, tremendous, a floodwater of gain comes into our lives. So today we're going to talk about how, how to practice humility. How to practice humility. So the title for this one is Giving Up Everything to Gain Everything. Giving Up Everything to Gain Everything. That doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound obviously not popular to give up everything to gain everything. And then in parenthesis, radical living. <laughs> That's what it really is. It's radical living. If you give up everything to gain everything, that's radical living. And... Um, not too many people want to enter into that kind of a lifestyle where we radically give up everything. And the reason we don't is because we, we think that we're losing everything. You know, there's a story in the Bible, a proverb in which Jesus tells of the pearl of great price in which a man sold everything that he had so that he could grant the pearl of great price. A lot of the people would say, you know, why would you sell everything? Well, it's all relative. If it's all relative. If someone said, sell your home, give your home away so that you could gain a, a large mansion of a place. Now, that may not be a, a temptation for some, but you could always take that mansion and sell it. You didn't have to live in it. And then you can go back and downsize again. But just think about it in that way. If someone said, we'll take your $250,000 house or your $150,000 house or your, even your $300,000 house, and give you a, a, a mansion worth $15 million, what would be your answer? My answer would be when and how fast. How quickly can I get it out of my hands? How quickly can I get rid of my home so that I could receive the $15 million home? 
It doesn't matter what I do with the home afterwards. I mean, I need all of that space. I might not want all of that space, but I know I could use all of that $15 million. I could tell you that much right now. And so we have to begin to look at humility that way. When we decrease, we get God. We get the author, the originator, the creator of the universe. We get him. So there's no loss there. We're not losing out on anything. But that's not what the culture will tell you. And so a familiar scripture we're going to look at this morning, and then we're going to go into several steps of how to, how to practice humility. So here's some of the most radical statements God, Jesus makes in the Bible. Uh, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3, you guys know this as the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3, out of the New uh, Literal Translation. Um, now, I want to get, set this up for you to show you where Jesus was at. Jesus was being followed. Basically, he was being stalked by all the people who were, who were coming, trying to get something from him. They had seen him do great miracles and great works, and, and they were like, man, how do we get in on this? How, how do we get this? So it, they weren't just coming to hear Jesus speak. Like, uh, you know, no, they were coming so that they could find out, can I get something from this? So all of these people were broken, busted, disgusted, hurting, needing healing. All of these people were coming to Jesus for the purposes of reaping something. They wanted to get something. So Jesus had their undivided attention, and he's out in this space, and he begins to teach them about the kingdom. And he starts out, he says this, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. In other rendering, it would say, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So in the New Literal, it says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now listen, he's talking about, he's not saying that, that those who are poor or even poor in spirit those who really would be a big goose egg, a big zero. He's not saying that that state is good. He's saying that when you realize you're in that state, when you realize that that's your condition, he said, and then you come to Jesus, he says, your condition has been changed radically. You're no longer a big zero anymore. You are now a somebody who used to be a nobody. That's what he's saying there. When we come to the realizations that we are a nobody before Jesus, before Christ comes into our life, everyone, and, and I mean everyone, I don't leave, mean, in, leave to, mean to leave anyone out, everyone without God through Jesus Christ is a big no one, a big zero. But if you think you're someone, then you'll never come to someone. If you think you're great, then you'll never come to greatness. If you think you have all that you need, you'll never seek anyone seek help uh, from anyone because you already feel like you already have it all. So it is a great, great for us to come to the realization, you know, that I am nothing. And that's not the way we, we that's not the, the picture that we get. That's not, that's not um, popular in, in pop culture. That's not popular on college campuses today. Matter of fact, on many college campuses, uh, when you come off of that college campus, you, you're, you're thinking that I'm it now. I can take on the world. I have all the knowledge that there is. It, it builds us up intellectually. That's why intellect many times battle hard against the word of God because it takes so much for them to downsize their intellect so that they can receive the most intellectual individual out there. It's difficult for people who are rich, who have made a lot of money. You know, the Bible even says it that uh, it's difficult for those who are rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, it's like a camel going through the eye of a needle. Why does it say that? It says that because people who are rich have found salvation in their wealth, have found salvation in their riches. And, and they think that's what's sustaining their life. They think that their, their whatever that is, uh, is great. Uh, only problem with that is they never formed any universe. They've never set the stars in the sky. They're, they've never made a, 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 a galaxy that has tremendous amounts of planets that man hasn't even discovered yet. So there, there's an end to even 
that, that wealth. And many of them are finding that out today. And I hope that as you're listening to this, you're finding that there's an end to that. Many people who have um, uh, certain talents, let's say athletic abilities, or maybe even, even um, you know, they just uh, are, are tremendously attractive individuals. Uh, they think that their, their salvation is in their talent or their salvation is in their looks. Uh, and so they're, they're rich in looks. They're rich in athletic ability. They're rich in many things. And it says it's hard for that individual to come to the kingdom of God. You, we have to become poor in spirit. We have to become poor, as it were, in what we think uh, is valuable and, and, and of great wealth. So he says, blessed, again, a turnaround on what we've been able to think. He said, blessed are, are those who are poor and realize that they're in need for, for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. See, it, it is a, it's, a, it's the law of opposites. Everything, this is really... The opposite of what we're saying right now is really the condition of the world. The, the world is, is rich in their own idea of themselves. The world hates to mourn. They don't like mourning. They run from, from, from mourning. They run from, from difficulties and challenges. Uh, but he says, we'll be comforted. He says, blessed are the humble. We don't like humility. We don't like to be humble. We don't like to, to, to acquiesce to the word of God and, and come up under and surrender ourselves. We are self-made. We're self-willed people. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will sh be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they shall see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are a follower, are, are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. All of that is the opposite. That is, that, is going, that is going low. That is shrinking up. That is small. Can you imagine that? Being blessed because you're persecuted. Being blessed because you're mocked. Being blessed because you're spit upon. Being blessed because you are deemed the worst of the world. Being blessed because no one understands why you're having the position that you have. Being blessed because you are a Christian in an anti-Christian, post-Christian world. Meaning the world has gone beyond us now. They think we're archaic. They think we're behind the times. They think that we, we, we don't know anything, that we're lost in space, that we haven't moved with the culture, that the Bible cannot be read literally anymore because it has uh, um, so many things that it just hasn't moved with the times. Morally, we, we're, we're behind. We, we don't accept uh, many things that the world now says is okay, you know, and really we are right on the cutting edge. I want you to know we are right there where it matters most, and that means that we have to be small. We have to accept it, and when we do this, we will get him. Now listen to this scripture right here, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Now listen, that's the condition of the world. That is the condition of the world. The world is uh, laboring and are heavy burden. Come unto me, all ye that, that labor are and are heavy burden. That is the condition of the world. The condition of the world has an ingrained, ingrown labor, burden. All the time. We're always having to hold up, fix, build, make sure it stands, make sure it, 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 it's supported. We're always having to do our own work. That's not the way God meant for it to be. Matter of fact, a part of the curse was that man would have to begin to toil, 
Man would have to begin to sweat. Man would have to begin to work hard at it and get very little for it. That's a condition of the curse. And so what God is telling us through humility is that, that he wants to be the one that we are yoked up with, that we are, are, are bound to, uh, that we are tied to, that he's doing the work and we're getting the credit. We don't have to support ourselves and our own righteousness anymore. Many times you hear people uh, finishing out sentences uh, with, um, and I did this, or, and I looked over there, and I, and I took care of that, and, and, and everything is an injection of themselves because that's who they're supporting most. That's who they're trying to keep up most. And, and they get upset when their God, which is themselves, is spoken ill to. Oh, well, you can't talk to me like that. How don't you talk to me? You can't talk. That's because they're supporting themselves. <laughs> what does it really matter what anyone says when you already know who you are in Christ Jesus? You don't, it doesn't, it should not matter because my rightness doesn't come through me anymore. My righteousness is in Christ Jesus, which is a constant. What do I care what you think about me? What do I care what you say about me? What do I, why do I need to cover myself? With words like explaining why I did this and explaining why I didn't do that. and explain. You know, you, we get ourselves in much trouble when we try to support ourselves. When we make an idol of ourselves. And everything is about ourselves. And you hear it. I hear it in myself sometimes when I feel like I need to defend my action. Like I do. Well, I, you know, no, you don't, I don't have to do that anymore. I am the perfection of God. In Christ Jesus. I don't have to support my reputation anymore. I don't have to support my well-being anymore. I don't have to support or defend my actions anymore. I don't have to declare this is right because anymore. I don't have to go into a certain place and look a certain way and drive a certain thing and have a certain house and have a certain way of speaking to make someone else think highly of me because the one who is the highest thinks highly of me because of Jesus Christ. So I now cease from my own labors. So the world is in that spot right now. That's why he's telling the world, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. I'll make it so that you don't have to work to support and sustain and build up yourselves anymore. That's so wonderful. And we daily enter into that rest. We daily Take God's word. We daily claim his promises. We daily find out what he has to say. And you can't tell me otherwise, those of you that are in the world, you can't tell me otherwise that you're not laboring daily, that you are not uh, um, uh, in a place of, 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 of always t intensely trying to support who and why and what and when and where. But we are ready. We don't have to do any supporting of that anymore. And as we grow in grace... And the way we grow in grace is through the humility because he says God resists the pride, the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. Where does the, what is the doorway to grace coming in? The doorway of grace, the doorway of God's strength, God's enablement, it comes by way of humility. And when we are humble, it is like opening wide the doors and saying, God, come on in. Come on in. And take care of my business. Come on in and take care of my marriage. Come on in and take care of my finances. Come on in and take care of my children. Come on in and take care of everything that pertains to me. That's the doorway to humility. And God says, that's what I do. That's, that's, what, that's how I live. That's what, I, that's what it's all about. That's what I want for you. Is I want to be able to do it all. I want you to cease from your own labors. And that's the message we want to tell the world. That's all it is. We're not telling you that come in and, 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 and come in and, and, and do more work. We're not telling you that you have to come in and follow a law. We're telling you that we want you to come in and get loved on. We want you to come in and receive the goodness and the love of God and learn to be who God has truly made you. Everything else is but a labor and a burden that is ingrown in most of us who have not come to receive him as Lord. And even for those of us who have, we still have to work 
at, at, at our own salvation, meaning we have to work to, to stop working. <laughs> you hear what I said? We have to work to stop working. We have to work to, 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 to get into rest by believing him. So I want to make a statement here, and then we're going to talk about some things. This is just a, this is just a George Logan statement here as I've been considering about what this really is. And, and so this is my definition of what we've talked about thus far, and then we're going to get into about seven or eight steps as to how to practice humility. True humility is the end of self-sufficiency and the beginning of God's sufficiency by his grace. We cease having to support ourselves, our reputations. There's no longer a need for pretense, comparison, and competitive jealousy. There is no longer a need to hide, contend with shame, or argue with those who oppose us. We truly enter into rest. All the deep-rooted burdens associated with all with our existence are swallowed up in his existence. Amen. <laughs> that was so good. Listen, listen. True humility is the end of self-sufficiency and the beginning of God's sufficiency by his grace. We cease having to support ourselves, our reputations. There's no longer a need for pretense, comparison, and competitive jealousy. There's no longer a need to hide, contend with shame, argue with those who oppose us. We truly enter into rest. All deep-rooted burdens associated with our existence are swallowed up in his existence. Now, that's, that's what I've gotten out of this. I've gotten that, that when I remove myself from the middle, I cease to stop. I cease fighting. You know, even in prayer. See, many times we're not effective in prayer because we think prayer is about how good we've been. We, we, we believe that prayer and the answers to prayer is that, that God's going to hear me because, man, this past week I, I was good to my wife. Uh, I, I, I didn't say nothing bad about anyone. I, I, I didn't cuss nobody out. I, I, I didn't, you know, all of those things. And we, that, that means that you're, we're right smack dab in the middle. And God showed me, get out the middle, boy, and then you'll see me work. And boy, when, when, you, when we get out of the middle, when we get out of the way and just everything, everything is about what God has done. Everything is about what he has done through Jesus Christ. Then, you, then your confidence uh, is restored. You, you don't care about what other people think anymore. You, you're not worried about how they're going to receive you and, and all of that kind of stuff because it's, not long, it's no longer about you or I. And that's just a wonderful place to be. That's such a wonderful place to be uh, instead of juggling all of those, you know, juggling act, you know, trying to fit this in, trying to, you know, you go to one place, you got to act a certain way, go to another place, you got to act a certain way. Whatever the crowd is, that's the way you act. <laughs> whatever, whatever you, whatever you, you want to talk about, you got to, you gotta, oh, there's that person, let me, well, how are you today? What's up, bro? How you doing? Oh, my name is George Logan. No, you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> you don't have to use that lifestyle anymore. You just be yourself. And you know what? People love you best when you are just you. Because here's what's going to happen. One day, both places are going to show up at the same time. You're going to be in a quandary. Like, I'll say, do I go like this? Or do I say, what's up, bro? Or what do you do? No, you just be yourself in Christ. That's what's attractive. That's what's attractive. You don't have to cover yourself anymore. You have to give reasons why. I did, I did this because. You know, the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no a no. That's all you have to do. You don't like it? <laughs> I can't do nothing about it. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, though. So let's learn how to practice some humility. Here's step seven, maybe 
Yeah, seven, seven things, all right? So here we go. Number one, let's do this first. Number one, admit that you need to be more humble. <laughs> Isn't that simple? Just admit it. Just, just, just admit, you know what, I, I sure enough could need some humility right here. And, you know, sometimes it's a matter of going back. You know, how many of you have been exalted, and then when you got away from it, you're like, man, I sure enough showed myself on that one. And so admitting, admitting, you know, I need, I need to be more humble. You know, the Word of God says in James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Confess, admit it, you know, let someone else know even, you know, man, I need to be more humble in that area. And then, and then you know, go back sometimes and apologize. <laughs> That's a novel thought, isn't it? Go back someone, you know, that'll break some, that'll break some pride off of you right there. Just go, just go and apologize. You know, I've been thinking about this, and I just want you to know, I missed it. I am so Sorry, I ask that you forgive me. I, I apologize. And maybe sometimes that, that's even with your own children. You know, sometimes you got to apologize to your children. Because, you know, <laughs> you don't have to be the dictator of your house. You can be the leader. A leader is different than a dictator. A leader uh, influences influences. He doesn't demand. He doesn't like, you better And sometimes you got to just go back and say, you know what? I said that the wrong way. I said it the wrong way. I need to go back and I need to tell you, I'm sorry. I apologize. There may be someone that you work with that you vowed that you would never, ever tell them one time ever that I apologize for the way I looked at you. I apologize for the way I, I snapped at you. You know, but the Bible tells us at the bottom of, of, of um, Ephesians, I mean, excuse me, Matthew 5, the very next after the Beatitudes, it says, you and I, we are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. You know, sometimes bosses, supervisors, owners, people who are in charge need to bow down, go low and say, you know what? I've been treating you all wrong. <laughs> I've been treating you all wrong. I want y'all to forgive me. I, sure, yeah, I, 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 I admit I need to be a little more humble there. I, I've been doing this wrong. Boy, them things will cause your wings to be snapped. It cause your wings, because part of the part of humility is to fold up your wings. And many times we're going to places we feel like, man, I'm the boss at, and we flap our wings and we fly around. Humility will do this to you. You ain't flying nowhere. But I guarantee you, you will endear yourself to those around you if you practice humility. Not only that, but they'll be able to trust you. Trust is a big factor when people are humble because they can trust. A, I can trust a humble person. I can't trust somebody who's always building themselves up. Because you just don't know that it might be at your expense one day. <laughs> someone who, who, who can't, you know, you just can't trust him to be true blue all the time, to stay stable, boy, they'll throw you up under the bus if, if, if it's about saving them. I can't trust a person like that. I don't know. As long as everything's going good, we good. But you might just throw me under the bus one day. You might, you might, you might say, well, yeah, I got some info. I got some intel on you, brother. Yeah, I, don't, I can't hang with you, bro. I can't hang with nobody I can't trust. I can't. So one, number one, number one, if you're out there listening, say, admit. Admit you're humble. you need to be humble. Admit that. Confess that I need, I need to be more humble. I need to be more. Number two, change your attitude about humility. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See humility as tremendous gain what if we really began to look at humility and began to say you know what every time I'm humble I get more 
What if we begin to look at humility and say, it's like, it's, humility is like putting money in the best stock ever. And putting a dollar in and getting a thousand out. Putting another dollar in and getting another thousand out. That's good, that's a good stock, isn't it? That's a good, that's a good exchange, is it not? You tell me. So when we begin to look that way, if someone came in today and said, listen here. And it, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't. They said, listen, everyone, everyone, in, everyone here, y'all give me, give me $5 and I'll give you 5000 You know what I would say? I would say, hold up. Time out. Let me, let me go give me five, give me my $5. For the return of 5000 that's all a change. That's all a mindset change, an attitude change. Where we begin to say, you know, when I humble myself, there is tremendous gain coming. When I resist it, though, the Bible says the devil won't flee from me. That means he, I'm a target for the devil when I am not humble. And how many of us want to be stiff and hardened and stiff-necked? realizing you're just sicking the devil on you. That that's like that. You know, they say that fear attracts dogs. You, you've heard that. I don't know if it's true or not. It may be. I don't know. <clears throat> but I do know this. Several years ago, I was coming down. Um, I was walking, and I was walking a, a, a path that I had normally take. And I went by, and, and I knew there was a pit bull. I realized I knew that, but he was always chained up. I didn't think I had anything to, fear, to, to worry about. So I would go down, and homeboy this day was unloose. And so I said, you know, the old folk used to say that animals are attracted to fear. I said, I got but one choice. I got two choices. I can keep on walking, or I can turn around and go back in the opposite direction, which is going to make my walk a lot longer. So what I did is I prayed, and I spoke to that dog from a distance. I didn't stick my finger in his face from a distance, and I commanded that, that dog. I said, you cease and desist your maneuvers right now in Jesus' name, and I kept on walking. That dog just looked at me as I walked by. Now, what, what am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying, actually. I, I just lost my train of thought. It came out of a thought. What, where was I going with that? Um, yeah. What, whatever that has to do with the change of mind. Oh, that the devil, <laughs> the devil is sick, sicked on us if we don't operate in humility. Humbleness keeps him at bay. Being humble. Staying low. Staying outside of pride. Not starting the match, not having to have the last say, not having to have the last say. And man, I'm telling you, in, in marriage, uh, that's, that's always a good, good way of, of, um, of operating. You know, uh, sometimes, and Kim doesn't know this all the time, but, but in my mind, I'm thinking I could, I, could, I could run this argument out a little longer. Or I could just stop right here. And I think we had a, a moment like that just, just the other day. And uh, we were talking, and then I said, okay. And I just stopped. And she kept on chirking like a dog. And I was like, you can do it all day long. I'm not saying another word. After a while, she said, <laughs> <laughs> I can do that because she doesn't have the mic. She can tell her own stories, but she gets the mic. But she won't come up here. I've been asking her. I said, come on up, baby. Won't you minister? Won't you come up? No. I, well, you don't minister. You, you stand the risk of getting talked about. So you can only balance it when you come up here. All right, let's keep on moving. Number three, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you humility. Ask the Holy Spirit. He's our, he's our trainer. He will teach us humility. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. John chapter 14, verse 26. Think about that. We have a personal trainer. 
We have a personal trainer. And he will take us into some places. And he'll say, all right, right now. He says, you're about to go through the grocery line. And someone just stepped in front of you. What you going to do? You're going to demand your rights. You're going to get mad at them. You're going to take your buggy and kind of poke them in the back a little bit. <laughs> what you going to do? No. He will train us right there in the marketplaces. He will train you. When your supervisor, when your boss comes in and tells you something you don't want to hear, he's going to say, all right, all right, you got two choices here. You can go and fly off the handle or you can just chill and just close your mouth, hold your peace, and let God fight your battle on this. And if we're attentive, attentive enough to his voice, we'll hear him say that. Oh, come on, hold on. Don't say nothing. Just don't say a word. And it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I remember a situation just recently. And see, when you're, when you're, when you're building, see, when, you try to, when we try to support our view, it will always lead to us getting out of character, like lying, like overly telling the story or something so we were faced with a situation uh, last year and I'm not going to give you the details of it um, uh, because I don't want to indict anyone uh, in particular but there was a situation that took place and so uh, remember that people who are not being trained by the Holy Spirit they're going to come at you they're going to I mean that's what they do they're going to come at you so I had a situation uh, my son and I we were in a, in a particular place and, uh, and, uh, and having to, to deal with a particular issue. And, um, and so the person uh, that we were dealing with immediately kind of just kind of like attacked, went into attack mode. Just, and I was like, what, what, what is that all about? All, all we're doing is trying to get an explanation, and you're coming with an, an attack. And I said, you know what? And I, and I heard it. I'm like, all right, just calm down. And just say, all right, sir, that, that's fine. We appreciate what you've done. Thank you for being there. And, and we gave him back this stuff, and we moved on. Uh, but in me, the, the supportive part of me, the part that wanted to, wanted to just kind of let, let him have it. But what would it have accomplished? What would it have accomplished? And, and because we took the route that we took of not going off that same that same person has invited uh, has invited us back uh, again <laughs> I just put it that way they've invited us back again because you know in the end we did we didn't uh, respond in kind had we and and did we have a right to I think yes but what would it have accomplished nothing other than contention. Uh, are you getting it? All right, a few more. Number four. Is that number four? Yeah. Confess, and this is different from number one. Confess that you have humility. Confess that I have humility. In other words, number one was confess that you need more, you need to be more humble. I didn't say that you needed humility. I said you need to be more humble. You can't be humble unless you have humility, right? Right? So number four, confess that you have humility. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So, so we have, and make that a confession daily. Father, I thank you that I'm a humble person. And that's not a prideful statement. It's a, a statement of acknowledgement. I thank you, Lord, that I'm humble. I walk in humility. I walk uh, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a, a mindset that I am nothing but you are everything. And because you're everything, I now in you am everything. That's humility. Confess that you have humility. Number five. Ascribe, listen to this, ascribe no personal credit to the good things that you may do. 
ascribe no personal credit for the good things that you may do. In other words, practice deflecting. You know, it's all right to say thank you when someone says, man, that was a great job you did. Thank you, but you better deflect. In your own mind, whether you say it to them or not, you better deflect. You better know that, 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 that the goodness that they saw was not you. Listen to this. Jesus even said, and in Mark 10, verse 18, it says, And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none but one, that is, and that is God. There is none good but one, and that is God. So we constantly say, you know, when someone pats you on the back, oh, you're such and such, and you're such the best, and you, and if, you know, you know, quickly deflect. Don't let it take root. Don't let it get on the inside of you. Know that only good you see comes from God. Number six, do not fall in love with your reputation. Do not fall in love with your reputation. Make yourself of no reputation. You know how many people are in jail today, in prison today, because someone dissed them? <laughs> You're going to spend 100 years in prison because someone dissed you? They can't talk to me like that. 100 years, 50 years, 35 years, 25 years in prison because someone dissed you. Someone di disrespected you, and now you're spending a hundred years in prison? That makes no sense whatsoever. Listen to what Jesus said. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, he says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Can you imagine Jesus knowing where he came from, knowing who he was, knowing that he was, he was God's son and people spit on him? Has anyone ever spit on you? They spit on him. They plucked out his beard. They mocked him. They called him all kinds of names. And when he was stood before Pilate, the Bible says, and he answered not a word. The only thing he answered is, is when he asked him, are you, the, are you the king of the Jews? And he said, you say rightly. In other words, he wouldn't deny himself. And he said this. He said, he said no man takes my life. He says, but I laid down my life. That's what it's talking about. That's humility right there. I lay down my life. When we see that, no one will ever be able to disrespect you ever again. Ever. Ever. No one will ever be able to get a rise out of you by saying a particular word. When you and I, when we begin to understand that who we are is secure and founded in Christ Jesus alone. And we don't have to go and fight somebody and call someone out of the house. Call them and tell them, you know, put their name all out in the social media. And they don't get to do all that work. That's work. God is our support. God is. Why do for ourselves when someone else is willing to do it for us? Whew. Last one. Last one. This is how we practice humility. Seek to defer to others or put others before yourself. Practice, listen to this, practice appropriate submission. Practice appropriate submission. I didn't say you have to submit to everything. Practice appropriate submission. And further, uh, Ephesians 5.21 says, and further, submit to one another out of the reverence of God. Of God. You know, um, it's important for us to have good people around us. We know that, right? It's important for us to have good people around us, people that we're willing to have our best interests in mind, people who are pronoying us, people who are, are conspiring to do us good, to have those kind of people and submit our plans to them sometimes. 
and say, what do you think? Um, <laughs> you're going to end up in the power lines electrocuted if you try to do that. <laughs> Y'all seen the commercial, right? They're all sitting around the table and they're planning. And they, I don't even know what, it, what, they're, what they're trying to sell, but they talk about this plan. And as they're, as they're planning this thing out, uh, they say, well, what about this? And so they're around this table and they present it to the table and they present it and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We can't do that. What if, us, what if we did that? What if we did that? I told my son, and one of the, th and I've shared this before, uh, uh, Gabriel, when he was getting ready to get married, and, 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 and he, I think he actually does that ongoing now, is he submits things for us to consider. He said, Dad, what do you think about this? Dad, what about that? And so even when he was getting ready to get married, uh, he came to us and he said, he said, Dad, what do you think? I said, here's what you need to do. You need to talk to mo your mom and I. Talk to your aunt and uncle. Talk to your grandfather and your grandmother, and let them talk. Let them let tell them what you want to do. Tell them what you what you're considering, and and get their thoughts. Think, have them kind of uh, vet this thing for you. And one, two, three of the three groups that he came and vetted it with. All of us had a peace in our heart about it. All of us had a peace in our spirit about it. And we said, all right, we're with you. But I do believe that if we'd have said, boy, are you done lost your cotton-picking mind? What's wrong with you? What you thinking, son? What, what's, what, what's, what's, you know? I believe he would have, he would have, he would have stood, stood back. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I don't, maybe I don't see it the way I should. Maybe I need to, maybe I need to, to take care. And, and on and on and on. Um, that's the relationship that Gabriel and I have is that he will bring things to me and say, Dad, what do you think about this? And even, even when he's presenting it to me, he's asking the question. He's asking the question, what, are, will you bless this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? I'm bringing the other three along. <laughs> They're not there yet. <laughs> But, but, the, but him, so it's, 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 there's hope there because the, the first did it. So I trust that the second and the third and the fourth will come along line. But that's what we're saying here. Let me just go over those last seven real quickly one more time. And, and then, then we're, done, we're done with the t teaching, I think, on humility. It's all about humility, though, is it not? And then we'll be done for this morning. So number one, admit, confess you have a need for more humility. Change your attitude about humility. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you humility. Confess that you have humility. Ascribe no personal credit to the good things you may do. Do not fall in love with your reputation. And lastly, seek to defer to others and put others before yourself. Practice appropriate Submission. I want to leave you with a prayer that I read just recently by A.W. Tozer as he talks about meekness. So listen to this very closely and we'll be done. It says, Lord, make me childlike. Deliver me from the urge to compete with another for place or prestige or position. I would be simple and artless as a little child. Deliver me from pose and pretense. Forgive me for thinking of myself. Help me to forget myself and find my true peace in beholding thee. That thou mayest answer this prayer, I humble myself before thee. Lay upon me thy easy yoke of self-forgetfulness, that through it I may find rest. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We do thank you for loving us and watching over us, taking us out of the field of comp competition and comparison and 
and supporting and self-sufficiency and trying to do everything ourselves. We rest, Father. We, we drop that burden this morning. We release those cares this day. And we receive your strength. We receive your rest. Now, Father, while those are out there that are praying, maybe there's some out there under the sound of my voice, behind the lens of that camera, and you are burdened. You've been wrestling all your life. You've been trying to, to keep it together, trying to maintain, trying to hold up something, and that something that you've tried to hold up has become so very heavy. I want you to know that God loves you, and God has a place for you in his kingdom, and he wants to ease those burdens off of your life through his son, Jesus Christ. And all it is, is very simple, is for you to simply acknowledge that you are a failure in and of yourself and that you need Jesus in your life. Many of the things we do, we put on a good face. We put on a good uh, um, uh, look in front of the public, but we're living lives of quiet despair. But you don't have to. This word is for you today. I want you and I ask you to consider Jesus Christ. He's saying to you, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Please come to him today. If that's you, where you are, where you're sitting in your room, around your, your television, wherever that might be, I would ask that you consider, not only consider, but to receive Jesus today. And it's just that simple. So I want you to pray this prayer with me at this time. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I come to you as someone in need of help. I know I've missed it. I know I've been trying to do everything on my own, and I have failed miserably at it. But I need Jesus today. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I confess that you are the Lord and that you are my Savior and that you came down from heaven from God to make me right with the Father. I receive you today, Jesus, into my life. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins and thank you for releasing this burden off of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.